When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your host. I'm your driver. I'm so happy you're here with us in the car today in the passenger seat. We have a amazing guest, the smartest person I am ever going to have on this podcast, probably. <laughs> <laughs> she's currently getting her master's in psychology, so she's definitely more qualified to talk about shit than I am. Um, but I want you to give a big Late Night Drive welcome to Julia Hava. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Like, this is a dream collaboration. It is a dream collaboration. Just two Jewesses podcasting (laughs) away. Just two Jews complaining on a podcast. As we were meant to do. As we were literally meant to do. We crossed the desert to do this. To do this. I mean, we're making our ancestors proud. All they did was hang around in the villages all day, like gossiping, so... It's important for us to carry out this tradition. Basically what we're doing. Okay. So the way that the guest episodes always work is I start with 10 quick questions just so we can get to know you, who you are, what you like, what you do. Um, And then we'll go into some of the DMs that people sent specifically for you because they're very excited to hear (laughs) from you. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. So let's get into that. Okay. Question number one. What are your social media handles and why? And why? Uh, My social media handle is Binch City. Why it is my social media handle, I don't know. I thought that the word binge was really (laughs) funny. Like it originally came from some like 11 year old YouTube comment who was like trying to say bitch and they said binge. (laughs) So that's where my social media handle comes from. That is so funny. I was, uh, every time I read it, like, I don't know why my brain goes to Grinch and I'm like, was it like a, (laughs) A was it like a a Grinch stole Christmas thing? No, 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 unfortunately not. (laughs) 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 okay what do you do for a living um i have a podcast called binchtopia related back to the binge city thing um (laughs) and yeah i host that with my friend eliza and i'm also as you mentioned getting my master's in psychology and working towards getting my doctorate so that's what i'm working on right now that's insane are you like going to do you want to be like a a psychologist a psychiatrist yeah i want to be a psychologist um that's what I'm I'm working towards right now. But I have to like take the GRE and like apply and do all this stuff. It's like applying to college all over again. It's very stressful. Oh my God. That sounds really stressful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can't imagine. Can't relate. Um, I barely finished college and was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I mean, look, it's different for everybody. I'm like a nerd. I love school for some reason. I'm like, I want to be back in school. It makes my brain feel useful. You know what? I do understand that because part of me feels like as an adult, what I'm missing, the thing that would make my life easier is if I just had a rubric, like a rubric for my daily life would be really helpful. Yeah, I need external deadlines to get anything (laughs) done. So I'm just going back to school. So someone will do that for me. You know, and and I love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, question number three. What is your relationship status? Uh, I'm single. I'm currently going through my traumatizing breakup era. So no. it's okay. You know, so it, that's part of life. That's the vibe. Mm, um, but, true. you know, learning a lot about myself and my well-being and just going through like a transformation era, honestly, as girlies must do after they go through a breakup. What like stage of breakup are you at? Um, I'm like a couple months out. So I'm like oh, okay. less like unhinged than I was like (laughs) (laughs) when it first happened but you know like just I'm in I'm I'm trying to be like a proactive processor of my emotions and not Mm -hmm. like repress things so that like five years from now it like comes out and I'm like unhealed you know I'm very into like getting myself healed as quickly as possible so that's the stage that I'm in (laughs) that's good I was gonna say like I know that breakups are so hard and they're hard for everybody but like right when the breakup happens and like that first month or so when you're allowed to be a fucking lunatic yeah 
it's fun. Like, I'm sorry. It's fun. It is. And like now it's like people are like, all right, like move on vibes. And I'm like, well, I'm still suffering, but but <laughs> I'm still sad. So <laughs> yeah, but at the beginning, it definitely is like you can be extremely unhinged. That is true. Yeah, no one is allowed to say anything about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a good era. It was a good era for me. Uh, but I, I agree with what you're saying about like trying to like upfront process the emotions because yeah. I was like, I do not want to be I do not want to be thinking about this mm, in five months. Like I'm I'm good. You know, yeah. like and you know that men process things that way. They just like <laughs> never talk about it. And then like it pops up when they're like 40. So we're trying to avoid that situation. OK, like have you seen that TikTok thing where it's that guy wrote that song um I think it's Joji is his name. Mm. Uh, it's the song that's like, sometimes I look in your eyes and that's where I find a glimpse of us. Or I look in her eyes and I find a glimpse of us. And it's basically about how men like find the love of their life when they're not mature enough to like be with them. And then they just settle for whoever when they're old enough to like be like settle down. But they always are like in love with that first love. And all the comments on this song are like, yeah, oh, that is what it is. What? Like, I'm going to respectfully jump out the window yeah me too i mean like you guys need to go to therapy for real like (laughs) let's move on (laughs) like let's um stop romanticizing the first person that was nice to you yeah yeah (laughs) totally um but that fucked me up uh so it's like let me get me up too (laughs) i don't want to know that like i'm good to like never have heard that ever yeah um, okay. Number four, what is one thing that you've made or one piece of content you've made that you are proudest of? Huh. I mean, I'm really proud of our podcast, Binge I think it's yeah. really I think it's a good podcast. We've done a lot of episodes on like psychology and mental health stuff that we've worked hard on that I'm proud of. We did a really good episode on eating disorders that Um, was really interesting. I mean, it was about like anorexia specifically, but we talked about kind of like the history of it and how it's changed and how it's like a communicable disease. And I'm really interested in that sort of thing. So I'm proud of that, um, that episode that we did. And there's also just some generally like history of psychology content that I've made that I did. I was a history and a psych major in college. So I'm interested in the intersection of those two things. That's awesome. I was just thinking about like, um, so you know a lot about how women used to just get like parts of their brains pulled yeah, out of their Yeah, the lobotomy, heads. of course. Yeah. I made a whole video about the lobotomy. It was really, wi- it was a wild situation for a while there. <laughs> uh, they were just like, oh, you're unhappy? Mm, brain, brain chunk gone. Well, yeah, what they did is they took an ice pick and put it through your eyelid and then they just like what? scrambled up your brains and then they were, and it was one dude specifically. His name was Walter Freeman and he was like the lobotomist guy and despite the fact that like he was brain damaging lots of people, he was really convinced that this was going to be like the solution to depression. So he was just like doing it for in, to like 10 patients And they in a just row. let him? Yeah, they let him. Because mental patients did not have rights at that time. So you could mm. pretty much just get lobotomized for not doing the dishes by your husband. He'd be like, clearly my wife is insane since she does not <laughs> like being home all the time. She doesn't like house. Honestly, if that was the case, like lobotomize me because I hate doing the dishes. Famously, JFK's sister was lobotomized. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah. And Crazy. because she was like acting out and they were worried she was going to like embarrass the family. Yeah, wasn't it like she was, um, they said she was like promiscuous or like she would party at her girl's school or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, there's something clearly wrong with this teenage girl. So we're going to lobotomize her. And it was like very sad. It like brain damaged her severely and she had to live in an institution for the rest of her life. And like, it's kind of a secret. Not, It's not a secret in the Kennedy family because people know about it, but it's one of those things that they like didn't want people to really know about she just died though didn't she like kind of i don't of know i don't know Which, possibly she lived to like 80 or 90 yeah like, she lived really. a long time she did can you imagine you're just like locked in your own body and you like can't communicate like you're just yeah that sounds so awful so yeah, awful that's really sad <laughs> okay anyways uh, anyway on to the uh, next anyway. question <laughs> um question number five what is your deepest fear i'm scared of everything because i'm jewish Mm. so like yeah i I can't even like (laughs) narrow that down like anything is my biggest fear like i was raised Mm -hmm. to fear the world yes 
So like anything you name, like that's like a big fear, probably. I, I've narrowed it down for myself to like a category. The category being things I don't know enough about or that the world doesn't know enough about. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the ocean. Don't like that. Oh my that. God, don't like the ocean. Mm-hmm, really concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And tsunamis also. What you is know that what I, about? I didn't know that a tsunami is not like a 100 foot wi- like wall of water. It's just really. What is it? It's really fast water. I thought it was like a tsunami. You, you think of like the biggest wave you've ever seen wave. coming over you. But instead what happens is the ocean like re- like retracts it like goes back and then all of a sudden it comes back really 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 fast and so it's just like like, revs up (laughs) yeah and it's it's not necessarily about like the height of the water it's the speed of the water that it's like flooding in with which was haunting to me in another way that is haunting in another way because then I think about like surfers on the big waves and I was like is that not a tsunami like would you not be scared if you saw that have you have you ever seen that show a hundred a hundred foot wave it's with no, because this... I'm scared of the ocean. Well, me too, but that's why I watched it because I was like, who would be unhinged enough to do this? Like, he must be like missing his like prefrontal cortex, like for real, because I don't know how you're like getting up there. Vibes. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but like, I think if you've seen um that that uh, what's the rock climber doc, Free Solo, Free Solo, where he climbs why? Yosemite without with ropes. No, oh well, they God. did like a brain scan on him, and it showed that he really does not like respond to fear in the way that like normal people do. And I think it's the same thing <laughs> for those surfers. I mean, it has to be because there's no other reason. Like, there's a primal instinct in me of like the ocean, space, the Appalachian Mountains, like, space too. I, I don't want to know about space. We know not enough about space, but also too much. Like, yeah, th- they keep showing us pictures and I'm like, uh, like, what does this do for me? You know, I just don't need to know about that because I'm already stressed about like this galaxy and this universe. The fact that there's other universes. Is that true? Yeah, I don't. N- there is other universes for sure. We're just one. We're in the Andromeda galaxy. Is that but that's a gap. I don't know. I'm stupid. I really don't like want to know about it. And I like don't care to know because I all I can know is what's happening right now on this planet. That's enough. I don't know because sometimes it is enough because then sometimes they say things like, oh, it rains glass on Venus. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't like, want to know that. That's not helpful to us. <laughs> Why do you know that? <laughs> Did you hear the news today that the planet is like spinning faster than normal? Like. Oh, f- for fuck's sake apparently it's that why spinning faster possibly because of climate change no so does that mean time is gonna change i don't know honestly just like at this point it's like what is your deepest fear like everything that's happening right now like that's (laughs) every single part of the world right now that's what i'm scared of yeah i mean what the hell does that mean the world is spinning faster like what the fuck am i supposed to do about that I don't know. It's it's spinning like a couple milliseconds faster. Like the, like the mm. days are shorter. No, that's you know what, and you know what, I didn't need to know that. Like, what what are we gonna do about that? Run really fast in the other direction so that the <laughs> Earth like goes like what, what is there to do? I don't know. Elon Musk is probably doing something about it, but it's probably not going to work. One hundred percent. He's gonna come up with a big plan, get a lot of money for it, and then never do anything. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Like, I feel like a couple milliseconds doesn't sound like a lot, but then they're always like the climate has increased by one degree. And you're like, that's not very much. And then you're like, holy shit, that's so much. Yeah, like, I think it actually is a lot. And I'm concerned about what that means. I'm concerned that I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, well, it just came out today, I think. It's like new Mm -hmm. news. But also, like, who knows? Is anything, like, believable anymore either? Like, I just saw it on Twitter and I was like, damn, I guess that's true. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's so true. It's like the um, article that came out that was like, Taylor Swift actually is all the CO2 emissions in the entire world. And it was like, where did you get this data? You just made that up. And everyone's like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I think they did have, like, her flight logs or something. But, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm... I was obsessed with like all the content. I am like a Taylor Swift fan, but I was still obsessed with all the content of like people joking about her and her planes on Twitter. I thought it was funny. It was funny. And I'll say this. I don't care actually at all that she like flies her private jet everywhere. What else is she supposed to do? But also the memes were very funny. (laughs) The memes were very funny. I just think that like, why don't they just make airlines for celebrities so that they can go on them together? That's a really good idea. Isn't it? No, I it just actually came up is. with that. Wow. Like a, I'm so a celebrity. Smart. You're so smart. <laughs> I mean, that's why you're in college again. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. Well, I'm just like, if you guys are all going to fucking like 
what is it called? Can or whatever. Or like go in the same plane. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like a celebrity field trip on the plane to Can. <laughs> I just think that like they need, I don't think you should be allowed to charter your own jet with like two people in two it. Two people. And also yeah. another thing going back to deepest fears, private jets are much more likely to crash. Yeah, that's scary. Why do you want to be in a private jet? I want to be in the safest plane possible. And those are those big planes that they <laughs> give you zero leg room in. Like that, those are the safe mm. ones. Yeah, I want to be really uncomfortable. And that's how I know I'm safe. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You're right. I also think there should be an airline for families only, like babies and families have oh, their yeah. own airlines. Yeah, that would know? be good, too. Or they have like a soundproof barrier, like in between. <laughs> I think we should put all the babies in like a pen in the back. Um, they can like hang <laughs> like out together. Like the dogs underneath the yeah. plane. Are there really dogs underneath the plane? Yeah, because that's where they put them. If you're bringing your dog, they like put them in the cargo space, I think. It's kind of fucked up. Wait, you I don't know, know how do they you... breathe though. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like they don't do that. Because why would they pump oxygen to the cargo area? Right? But that's where they go. Because where else would they put them? How do the dogs survive is the question we have a lot of questions <laughs> well did you remember that show okay i can't tell if i actually fever dreamed this there was a show i want to say nickelodeon or cartoon network and it was about two pets who were in a plane and the cargo accidentally released over like the amazon rainforest and the pets had to like find a new way of life and like live in the jungle Is that the madagascar movie no although i think that did happen in madagascar didn't that happen I swear, I swear this was a TV show. And there was one episode where they uh, in, they had been using a barter system and then they invented money and it caused full societal collapse. And, and that was my <laughs> like full moment of like, hmm, capitalism bad, you know? <laughs> wow, I do not remember that. I do remember it happening in Madagascar, though. Okay, maybe I dreamed it. It's Somebody probably possible. knows. Somebody let us know what that show is If called. someone remembers that, please tell me. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> Number six, what is your, who is your biggest celebrity crush? I feel like I have so much trouble answering this question. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. Do you have a celebrity crush? Hassan Piker. <laughs> really? I know. Um, he would crush me with like one bicep, but. Um, you know, he asked yeah. out, right? No, I know because I can, I um, facilitated it because he's Wait. friends with. Why don't you ask? Why don't you facilitate that then? I'm trying. Well, my he's friends with and that's how we made oh. it happen. And I was like, do you think Hassan is hot? Because I think he's hot. Um, and so maybe you guys should like kiss. And they didn't, obviously. I just feel like I just feel like any man who has followers on the Internet, like, ew. <laughs> that's so true. I mean, like, it's like being on Raya. Like every guy on there is. Yeah, the Raya worst. sucks. Yeah, it's because they know that they're like, cool you know like they have this like inflated sense of self and i'm like i don't want a man who's self-confident you know right so i don't have crush on a celebrity because i don't want to date a man who's famous i mean i guess that's fair i wouldn't want to date hassan piker i don't think he i don't think we're compatible but he's very <laughs> he's very sexy yes 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 yeah um interesting okay yeah i don't i don't really have a celebrity crush i feel bad i don't have like an answer to that question it feels very difficult to come up with one no i do understand that i 100 percent get that like do you remember being a kid and like liking a celebrity when you were like a little kid or even a cartoon i was like obsessed with hillary duff as a child which was like were kind you? of gay of me yeah i was like yeah. really obsessed with hillary duff and also mm -hmm. i guess chad michael murray because i loved a cinderella story which <laughs> was michael murray. an iconic movie it wasn't iconic. It's actually like a very bad, but like very good, bad movie, you know? Yeah. You know who I had a, had a crush on was Aaron Taylor in uh, Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. That was also a banger movie. That's a really good movie. And you know what? It has stood the test of time. Yeah, it has stood the test of time. And he was... Some of them didn't. He was hot in that movie. Like he was really hot in that movie. I get he that. He was, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I definitely was like a Zac Efron girl. Right, um, right. You know, I was never a Jonas Brothers girl. No, like, neither was kid. I. Or a Justin Bieber girl. No, at all my friends were obsessed with Justin Bieber. I also was I not was a like, One Direction girl either. I guess no, I just like... No, I wasn't either. I'm not really on the celebrity crush train. Like, I don't know why. I guess I'm just like, why would I have a crush on a celebrity? Like, that's not going to happen. I was like... I mean, I was like a theater kid, so I was like in love with Aaron Tveit. Like, you know, like I wasn't right, like looking right. at like fucking normal celebrities. I was like, this gay man is the love of my life. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Question number six. Okay. This is very important. This is data. I write it down. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I don't mean your favorite animal. I mean, who are you inside? How do you huh. see yourself when you close your eyes? That's a hard question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I would be like a little fox. Like they just love to like trot around and like scheme. I don't know. That's my favorite animal. I love foxes. I don't know. Maybe just because I think foxes are cute though. I, I mean, it mm-hmm. would be it would be cool to be a bird, but I don't know if I would be a bird because I'm like kind of scared mm-hmm. of heights. So I probably 100%. wouldn't be a bird. What animal are you? I've said squirrel in the past because okay. um, I'm kind of twitchy. Yeah, I feel like... I would be like a dog or like a cat. Mate. I would be like a dog with separation anxiety. <laughs> I see that. I had a guest on like last week who said she was like a mouse because she thinks people like her, but then also try to kill her sometimes. And I was like, you should talk about that with your therapist. Like, yeah, I don't definitely. know yeah. what that means. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not qualified. <laughs> That's giving paranoid delusion a little bit. Have you... <laughs> Have you ever heard of that like psychological test or whatever that's like think of an animal and then or it was like think of three animals and like the first animal was like who you are inside and the second one is like how other people see you and or something like that. I don't know. I don't know, but my favorite animal is a giraffe. I really like giraffes. I like that they just like eat leaves and just walk around with a really long neck. Yeah. And you know what? People respect them like animals in the animal kingdom respect them because they're really big and like you can't fuck with them. Like giraffes, like lions don't fuck with giraffes. Like, yeah. That's why, true. Don't, why doesn't anybody fuck with giraffes? Because they know like they're up there. You know, they can just step on you. Also, they excuse me. They fight by whipping their necks around. Really? Um, yes. They like, f- like hit people with their or animals with their necks. Uh, so they're very dangerous, actually. They're also, I think they can run pretty fast, like shockingly yeah. fast. I like also really scary. I also heard that they have very high blood pressure. I was talking about that with Eliza. Like giraffes oh, have no. really high blood pressure, but it's okay because they have like hearts that can manage to beat like <laughs> up, and give up. blood to their whole body. And then they have like really strong ligaments in their legs so that they like don't mm. swell. I don't know. It's something that like a human would die from the blood pressure that giraffes have but giraffes are just chilling sense like you need that much to get up the neck you know yeah you do and it's it is kind of like a weird evolutionary thing where it's like how did this thing evolve to look like that it's like a pretty weird looking animal 100% like I don't feel like that's one of those things where I'm like is evolution real because what evolutionary advantage is there to looking like that is a giraffe like related to a horse are they in the same species of family. I believe they are in like the cloven hoof family. Did you know giraffes are kosher? Are they really? I was actually just going to ask that when you said cloven hoofs. Do they chew they their own cud? They sure do. They have, wow, think, a giraffe yeah. is kosher? You know why I know that? Because my Torah portion was Shemini, which is all the dietary laws. So. Wow. <laughs> Mine was about stoning people to death who believe in witches. Way more fun. <laughs> yeah. Why was mine so boring? (laughs) I don't know, but that's interesting because now you know that. Yes, and I'll never forget it. Wow, I wonder what other animals are like weirdly kosher that like you would... Because if somebody was like as a giraffe kosher, it's like, no, definitely not. Like that would You can eat it. Should you? No. Well, they like didn't know giraffes existed in the Torah. What about zebras? Do they have cloven hooves? They they have hooves for sure. Wait, but horses aren't... I don't think horses are kosher. Horses are not kosher because their hooves aren't cloven, but giraffes are. They have wow. the little two front toes. Wow. Interesting. I don't know why I know that. And I pigs actually had a big one, giraffe phase. I love that. Pigs are the one animal that do have cloven hooves, but we don't eat them because they eat trash. They eat trash and there was that parasite or something that like we didn't know how to cook the pork. And so it was killing people because you yeah. have to heat pork to like a specific temperature. Otherwise it has a parasite or something. Michaela also told me that pigs will like eat dead bodies. So like that's also not the vibe. So this is true. You know, in uh, The Wizard of Oz, I don't know if you're familiar with The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Right. So, you know, in the beginning, Dorothy is like walking by the pigs, like on the fence and she falls in the pig pen and everyone freaks out. Yeah. I was always like, oh, it's because she's getting dirty and like around the animals. It's because they were afraid the pigs were going to eat her. Wait, really? Because pigs will eat anything even if it's still breathing and like moving around yes they are really scary 
I'm can, like, and pigs are really smart too. Like they have like human sized brains or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't fuck with pigs. The Jews really said we're not fucking around with pigs. And we were so <laughs> right about that. Like, we were so right about that. We were that. like, this animal is so fucking weird. Like we're not fucking around. <laughs> we're not. You know what? We didn't get everything right, but we got that one right. We I'll did that. get that one right. For real. Do you have a Hebrew name? Um, I don't, but my middle, my, I mean, I, as you also will say, my last name is not the name I use on the internet as all Jews do as a rite of passage. As we all do. My middle name is Hava, which is Hava. My parents took the C out, so it was a little less Jewish, but so that is like, my brother and I both have Hebrew middle names. I don't know. I definitely do have a Hebrew name because I know they said it at my bat mitzvah, but I don't know what it is. I hate mine. (laughs) I'm like angry with my mother. Well, Mine is Malka Chava. I like the Chava part. I oh, don't you're like also the Chava. Part. I am a Chava, yeah. Let me text my dad and ask him what my Hebrew name is. He will love to answer this question. My dad will be really happy that we're on this podcast right now talking about Judaism. Like, it'll make him really happy. <laughs> so much more to talk about when it comes to Judaism. Do your you parents know? care about you marrying someone Jewish? Okay, so it's kind of complicated because my mother actually was not raised Jewish, but then she converted before she married my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like way more Jewish than my dad is now. Like she like got it really happens. in. Yeah, she yeah. got into it. She got really into it um, like a hobby, you know. Um, I think they want me to marry someone Jewish. They wouldn't care if I didn't, but they want me to. And the thing about me is... I kind of want me to, too. I kind of want me to, too. Now that I, like, had my breakup, I'm like, okay, now I really have to date someone Jewish. Like, I don't really have an excuse now. There is, like, I know it's, it's like, a weird thing. There's a part of me, I think, biologically, that is, like, you got to make more. Got to make more Jews. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, my dad just texted me, Yehudit Hava Bat Gavriel V.E. That's my full Hebrew name. Pardon? Well, because my dad's name is Gavriel, which is Hebrew. And, right, right, right. and my mom's name is Erica. And I guess in her, in Hebrew, it's Irit. So that's my name is like Yehudit Hava. Like that's my name, daughter of Gavriel and Erica. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't catch the second part of it. I was yeah. like, that is really long. Why is mine only two words? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yours will, yours, you have, they probably said it at your bat mitzvah. Yeah. But Yehudit yeah, isn't sure. like, I don't know. I don't love that name. No. Yeah. I never liked Malka. I was like, that's kind of weird. It sounds like milk. Yeah. Like I and also, like, didn't like it. Why is that your Hebrew name? Like, does that translate in some way to Ellie? Like, no, it means Queen Eve, Malkahava. Oh, interesting. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Oh, so your final answer was dog with separation anxiety. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Do you think you could take a dog with separation anxiety in a cage match? I do not mean morally. I do not mean ethically. Yeah, because like a dog with separation anxiety, like what they just want to like cuddle you like, you know, so you could take it down for sure. I mean, I don't know what it means by take it down. I would say like I don't really have any desire to like fight an animal in general. Well, like not not even because of like morally, just like I wouldn't win. Like I'm scared of animals. See, I appreciate that answer. I have not yet had a man on this podcast, but like I'm waiting because I know whatever man I have on is going to be like, uh, the animal I am is actually a grizzly bear. And yeah, I could take it. In a and it's like, match. no, you couldn't. Like it would like, no, rip you your organs couldn't. out immediately. Have, have you seen a grizzly bear? Have you seen one? And also, have you ever seen those videos about domesticated bears that are not like all the people who have domesticated <gasps> bears are like, they're not that domesticated. No, did you see there was a video of the one in the circus, which, you know, not good. Don't do that. But um, he like the the owner or whatever, like kind of like flicked him. And the bear was like, fuck no. And like mauled the guy in front of everyone at the circus. Yeah. Like that's what happened. Remember in Tiger King, like the tiger that just like ate somebody's oh, yeah. arm off. Snapped. Yeah. Like it's a wild yeah. animal still. You really can't domesticate them that much. Yeah. Like I know that they are really cute and you want to pet them because they look so squishy but uh they will eat you and kill you yeah they will they will okay (laughs) um and number nine what is one piece of advice you wish everyone could hear huh i would say that like feelings are not pathological and like anything that you're feeling like another human has felt at some point i feel like that's been an important thing for me to realize that like 
there's nothing wrong with you for like feeling a certain way or feeling differently than other people feel about a certain situation. Like obviously there is such thing as like mental illness, but I think that we interpret way too many feelings as like symptoms of mental illness and like feeling Mm -hmm. a certain way is not a sign of mental illness. Like there are certain like thought patterns and like, you know, like behaviors that maybe like are dysfunctional, but those are all responses to like certain feelings to which like at the base of them, every human being has felt sad and depressed and anxious. And like, there aren't that many feelings that humans like actually like, I always thought when I was like having panic attacks as a kid, like, Oh, I actually like invented a new feeling that like nobody has (laughs) ever felt before. And like, there's something deeply wrong with me, but it's just like not true, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Um, And I I also think it's important not to moralize emotions. Like you're not a bad person for having an emotion like jealousy or anger, you know? Yeah. And something that my therapist says, it's like a a Buddhist parable is that like, it's like the two arrows, like the first arrow is the original feeling that you feel. And then the second arrow is the one that you shoot at yourself, which is like the judgment of the feeling, which is the one that like hurts more. So it's really like, we don't even realize that we have these like immediate thoughts and like judgments that come up when we feel a certain way. They're like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. But like, that's really what like brings the distress because the feelings like pass, but we like magnify the feelings with the judgments about like why we should or shouldn't be feeling that way or if we should be feeling more or less or, you know, et cetera. My therapist yells at me all the time for the word should. She's like, you shouldn't be like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, So that's great advice. Thank you. Um, And (laughs) uh, last but not least, and this is very, very important. So please take it seriously. um, How was your weekend? I had I thought I had COVID and I did not. I mean, it's confusing because I was like really like sick for a while. Mm -hmm. And I took like five COVID tests and they were all negative and I got a PCR and it was negative. But I was like Mm. coughing and like everything was like giving COVID. It was like not like a normal (laughs) illness. So my weekend was like me like still worrying that I like had COVID. It was not a very exciting weekend. I feel like part of it, too, is like just the hypochondria of being Jewish is right. like I'm I'm sick and then I'm I'm scared it's something really bad and so I'll get even sicker somehow right I think I well I did try to go to the farmer's market on Sunday but then there was a shooter that was there oh, because that's good. America so I was like it was yeah. canceled because there was an active shooter I was like great love this for me like nobody was hurt thank god but like good, that's yeah. just the vibes of America right now I guess So not the best weekend. No, I mean, it wasn't the worst weekend, but it wasn't like it wasn't the best. Yeah. How was your weekend? I don't even know what I did this weekend. Um, I I went out one night. Um, I'm doing a thing where I'm like spicy sober is what I'm calling it. Like I'm I'm only drinking when like I really am like, you know what? I would love a tasty little glass of wine. Yeah. Or like, hey, let's like have a fucking night and like be like "Ah, crazy. Let's do shots, you know, like. Not to just do it because it's what I'm doing, you know, not because I'm just at a bar, like get a drink because I'm there, like um, being more like, um, what's it called? Like not meaningful, but like mindful about my drinking. Yeah. Are you like somebody who like is like drinking is easy for you? Because for me, like I have a very Jewish stomach, like and actually something that I didn't know is that a lot (laughs) of Jews have the same genetic like difference that a lot of Asian people have too, where like we can't digest alcohol, like Ashkenazi Jews specifically. And it like makes us sicker and we experience like worse hangovers and less of the like positive effects of alcohol, which is... You think that's it? Because I get like two day hangovers when I do it. Like I, it's not even worth it for me anymore. I don't know, but there, there have been some studies that like, because we're such like an inbred, like the Ashkenazi Jews are like, <laughs> like they like really oppressed us a lot. So we like only were with each other. Like we have a yeah, lot of like out. genetic, like specificity things. I also have the cilantro thing where I think cilantro tastes like soap, which is mm, probably. I don't have that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, like that's the benefit of your mom converting is that like you don't have. I, I mean, did get some fresh jeans. Yeah. I mean, my grandma converted, so I have like some fresh jeans too. But I do, alcohol makes me genuinely sick. Like every yes. time I drink, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And it's just not, an, I, I am like suffering the whole time. Except if like, like what you're saying, like a nice glass of wine or like a nice cocktail. But like, I feel like also maybe just being in college, just you have four years to kind of like torture your body. Do that. And yeah. after that, like you can't do it anymore. Like you can't, I, no. if, I, if I even think about the smell of vodka, like I'll gag. 
Like I see I, you just had that reaction. Like I, I know that's how uh-huh. I have like, like I actually just can't even think about it. Like it makes me so I ill. I think I fucked like my stomach lining. Like I think yeah. that it's just done from college because I was drinking straight burnets, you know, and like, Ooh. why? Oh my God. I, the fucking or, like blue ba- ba- raspberry <gasps> Svedka shit. Like, no. oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> It was the pink lemonade one. Yes, the strawberry the lemonade, lemonade one. Yes. Oh my. Wait, I'm actually going to throw up just thinking I'm about gonna that. I'm going to vomit. Or I used to drink double bottles of pink Moscato. Wow. Yeah. Pardon? I can only really drink wine or like a fancy cocktail now. Like my stomach yeah, something has become fancy. bougie. Like because I, I when I go to a party and there's like mixed drink, I'm like, ew, I'm not drinking that. And it's it's just because like my body can't tolerate a shot or like any no if I can taste the alcohol and it's like a mixed drink that I made that's like not classy like I'm not gonna drink that I'm I'm meanwhile in college I was drinking I was taking like shots of gin like that's unhinged of me like why was I doing that like that is not a shot nobody takes shots of gin (laughs) like it was no I can I drink gin now because I drink like gin and water because I think it's not it doesn't give me as bad of a hangover but it has to be like top shelf because otherwise right. it's like I, I can't drink this yeah no it's my stomach happening. I think my stomach has just learned I mean alcohol is a poison so it's like my stomach <laughs> is like why are you drinking poison I'm much more of a weed smoker than I am a drinker but that doesn't for bode sure. well for also because like I'm already so extroverted like I don't need to like have less of a filter than I already have like weed actually <laughs> makes me shut the fuck up which I think is like beneficial Okay, Stacey, we're like a little opposite because I'm so introverted that like I really am like, yeah. I'm really surprised that you said that. Like I would think you're super extroverted. I know, but I'm not. I'm actually like pretty shy um, and I like really love to, I need to recharge by myself. If I spend too much time with people, like I'm going to snap, like I can't do it. Wow. so alcohol does help me sometimes just to be like normal. <laughs> right. I mean, I like I'll definitely drink on a date, which is like concerning that like I will no, only you drink if to. I have to interact with men. But like in that you situation, <laughs> I'll take a shot just because I'm like, I don't know how to interact with like a man I don't know sober. And like, I don't really want to. My like go to if I'm talking to a man sober is like, I'm not going to be nice. Like, I'm no, gonna I'm going to be mean and I don't want to talk to you. So like, I, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I mean, listen, I love going on dates, but I do I do need a flirty little cocktail. Otherwise, I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not going to like play along on the date. It's just not going to be a fun time. But then like once I like uh, with my ex, like I totally was like, oh, my God, I need to drink like before our like first dates or whatever. But then like once we were dating, I was like, I don't ever. Why do I need to drink? Like I'm not nervous around you. So like, why do I ever need to? I was just like not. That's probably the least I've ever like yes, had to drink in too. my life is when I was in a relationship because it's like why would you need to be drinking except for like when you're I will say when you're like a little bit you get drunk with your like your partner and if you're, you're like out both somewhere like yeah. silly and tipsy and then you have like drunk sex and it's bad and you're both laughing like that's good shit you know <laughs> totally yeah that's yeah. good shit but. if it's a good high quality drink we're okay with that like I'm just not drinking yeah. like gross alcohol anymore no, we're not drinking that peasant swill, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too classy for that these days. Um, OK, wow. We we chatted. We chat. Um, OK, we're going to do two DMs that people sent us. We'll try to get through those not too long. Um, uh, so what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about how to break up with your therapist, which was a big DM that I got. And then also a question from a listener named Sophie who said, what is the most important thing for young women in their 20s to research or look into? And I thought that was a great question for our guests. So if that sounds fun, flirty, fascinating, fabulous to you, keep on listening. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? 
Storyworth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, Storyworth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love Storyworth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com slash Ellie. That's StoryWorth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for... Gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do but I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy and that's why I love today's sponsor BetterHelp because uh, I mean there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance you know like it's really really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does and BetterHelp makes it super super easy if you're thinking of starting therapy give it a try it is entirely online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so get it off your chest whatever it is with BetterHelp <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. Okay, let's get into this DM about how to break up with your therapist. I actually am going to read it because I thought it was really good word for word. Sometimes I paraphrase, but this one I thought, let's read it. Okay, so she says she asked to remain anonymous. How do I break up with my therapist? For context, I am 23 years old and seeing a therapist for anxiety. The problem is I do not feel comfortable with my therapist. He is very intimidating and doesn't make me feel like I can speak up, which makes it even harder in this situation. I generally have a hard time sticking up for myself, especially with people in positions of power over me. I'd like to switch to somebody else in the practice. What do I do? He? This person yeah, has a male therapist? Nightmare scenario. Nightmare scenario, first of all. Um, I, I have to say, people always say this, and it's like, therapists, like, don't care if you, like, stop seeing them. Like, really? I mean, you're not, like, it's, you're not allowed to ask, like, legally, like, as a therapist, if somebody's, like, I, like, don't want to, like, see or I, like, want to move on, like, they can't contact you. Like, they're not going to contact you and be, like, why don't you want to, like, keep seeing me? Like, <laughs> it's not, like, that kind of situation. You definitely could just, like, be, like, oh, I, like think I want to like have a female therapist and then that's like cool great like it's it's pretty easy like you shouldn't worry about offending your therapist in that sort of situation and if it's I mean in the same practice like maybe you would just be like yeah I'd prefer to see like a female therapist but if it's not otherwise you can just literally ghost your therapist like I mean you probably (laughs) shouldn't it's probably good to have like kind of like a final session to like close it out and I mean you can tell them like oh yeah I think I just am like done for with therapy right now and then you can like find another therapist I just think that people People like you definitely shouldn't stick with a therapist that you don't like just because you don't want to hurt their feelings. That is so comforting to hear because seriously, not that I would ever break up with my therapist because I love her, but like I've always been scared. Like what if I meet my therapist and then I don't like her? Like if it's your first session and then you don't like them, like because I'm a people pleaser and I don't want to like make 
I don't want them to think I don't like them or like think they're bad at therapy. <laughs> I mean, really, insane. the most important part of therapy is the relationship that you have with your therapist. And there are different therapists for reasons. Like not every person is going to get along with every therapist and every th- a good therapist knows that like they're not going to be able to treat every single person. Like maybe there are some people who want a certain dynamic. Like, you know, some people like for their therapist to be like a little more like harsh with them. And some people like mm-hmm. for their therapist to be like really, really soft on them. And like it really depends on the kind of person you are and like what I've learned at least in like my master's program is like being a therapist also is about like being your authentic self and the way you are with people and like just the way that like yeah sometimes you like date somebody and it you guys aren't compatible or you're you meet somebody and you're like yeah like they're cool but like we're not going to be friends like it's the same kind of situation like you just you want to have like a positive bond with your therapist and you definitely want to feel like you can talk to them about anything and that you don't feel judgment from them so I think that like if you want to find a new therapist there's no harm in that I think if you're seeing like therapist after therapist and you don't feel like you can open up to any of them like maybe that's a conversation to have with your therapist about like I feel uncomfortable (laughs) like opening up and like let's talk about that but if it's just like somebody you don't vibe with like find another therapist it's really not a big deal that is very comforting. Yeah. Um, I do also think it was an interesting point that she had mentioned um, that she has a hard time sticking up for herself when it comes to people in positions of power. Uh, and I, I definitely feel like I've experienced this. It took me a really long time to learn how to like stand up for myself and like even just speak up in a room where, for example, if you're like with your boss or something like. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a really good skill even to just practice. You know, this is a great situation to practice that conversation and that like sticking up for yourself. But also, if you feel like you have to stick up for yourself in therapy, like that's not a good therapist for you. Like you shouldn't feel like <laughs> you have to like stick up for yourself or like obviously there's going to be some element of power in that like the therapist is the one who's like hearing everything and they're the one who's treating you rather than the other way around but like mm-hmm. I think it's positive to have like a relationship with your therapist that feels like you're on equal footing at least in like like you shouldn't you don't want to feel like somebody's like judging you or that they have a ton of power over you and like I don't think that's like a great sign of a therapist if somebody's really into like playing the like well I'm the therapist so I know better (laughs) than you like role I don't know that's not an experience that I've luckily I haven't had that in therapy but I've definitely had like therapists that looking back I'm like oh yeah I didn't really like vibe with that person as Mm -hmm. much and yeah I I mean I love my therapist now like she's a queen it's also the kind of therapy that you go to like there's many Mm -hmm. different kinds of therapy and some kinds of therapy you're probably better suited for you also can just say like yeah I want to try a different kind of therapy and that's also not offensive because it's like great I don't practice that kind of therapy so like enjoy finding somebody else yeah yeah for sure like I at first like was only doing like like the psychotherapy I guess like talk therapy Mm -hmm. and I was like I really think I need to be doing some CBT cognitive behavioral therapy because yeah I need like concrete goals and like things that I need to actually do yeah um, and that really helped me like that was like a huge change and I felt really intimidated bringing up not in- intimidated but I was like nervous that if I said that to my therapist she would think that I thought she was like doing a bad job as my therapist because I'm crazy um, which is why I'm in therapy but <laughs> it was like <laughs> a really positive conversation because the more that you're able to express what you need like actually the better that your mental health is going to get yeah and they want to be able to tailor the therapeutic experience to you specifically so it's really a good Mm -hmm. thing to like speak up about that for sure yeah so the um the cliff notes is if if you're not going to go to see someone in the same practice you can literally just ghost i mean maybe don't but you can if you don't feel like you can talk to them uh, secondly, never have a therapist that you feel like you can't talk to. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and third, you can easily just say, I'm looking to have a female therapist or something like that to have that conversation and close that out. Yeah. Or I'm just looking for a different kind of therapy experience. Like nobody. And they're should... not going to be offended or no. upset by that. No. And they're like legally not allowed to be. So like you could like <laughs> sue them if they were. I need you to say that like 20 more times just so I can get it in my head if I ever need to do it. It's like, <laughs> not going to be mad at you. <laughs> They're not allowed to like fight with you and be like, no, you're not. Like, what are they going to do? Like, you're a free human person. And like, once you terminate that relationship, like they can't contact you again. So it's not like they're going to be <laughs> hitting you up. Like, why did you stop coming to see me? Like, Yeah, that's it's not, not like a breakup. You no. know, it's not like your boyfriend. And it's like, oh, why did we break up? Why did you ghost me? Like, they can't do that. Yeah, no, they can't do that. <laughs> 
I know it's like a silly fear, but I guess like I've always like worried about that kind no, of thing. No, I mean, people do. We get that question a lot on Binchopia too. Like, how do I break up with my therapist? And it's really just yeah. like, it's not even like breaking up. It's just like, just find a new therapist and tell them it's really not a big deal. Like, period. I was having an issue where I felt like, well, I needed to switch to twice a week um, or twice a month. Sorry, mm-hmm. not twice a week, <laughs> twice a month. And I, my therapist had just gone to a new practice and started it with like another therapist. And I was like, am I like taking revenue away from her if I go to like twice a month? Like I was dealing with this guilt of telling her because I was like, I literally don't want to like make her life more difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, you like, you definitely are way more worried about other people's needs. That's probably something to talk about in therapy, but <laughs> <laughs> probably going to do that today when I yeah. get off, of, <laughs> off our Zoom. <laughs> All right. Well, that is good to know. Solid made me feel better. I hope it made you guys feel better because I get this uh, question actually kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, and I do feel like it's hard enough to find a therapist. So this idea of like, right. what if you don't like them is very daunting. Totally. Um, yeah, like it's very difficult. It's way more difficult than it should be to find a therapist. I really recommend asking your friends for recommendations. If your friend has a therapist that they like and they can like get their therapist to give you a recommendation. Like that's how I've gotten a lot of my friends like therapists is through that. That's a really good idea because people also asked um, for you specifically. They were like, how do you find a therapist? <laughs> uh, we have like I, we've, we definitely have an episode about that. We also did an episode. It's called if you're listening to this, go to therapy. And I talked about like <laughs> different kinds of therapy as well. Um, if you're <laughs> interested in that. But finding a therapist like you really can go to like psychology today. There's also like Zen care. I like that website as well. But I really think if your friend has a therapist that they seem to really like and you think that you have like a similar way of like talking to people or processing things as your friend then asking your friend to ask their therapist for a recommendation is like a really good way to do that awesome well I do recommend that you listen to both of those episodes that Julia mentioned because she probably goes into a lot more depth (laughs) than we have time to get into today um but awesome okay let's get into the next Keep on fighting, but we'll be okay because we got unconditional love. Okay, so I put on my Instagram story like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Julia from Binchtopia. Um, If you have any questions, get them in now. And there were a lot of really, really great questions, but I thought this one was really particularly interesting. And this is from Sophie. Um, And she had said, what is the most important thing for young women in their 20s to research slash look into? She gave examples like finance, dating, etc. Um, I really think it depends like on your goals and like who you are as a person. But I would just say like the most beneficial thing I've done and the best investment that I've made is in therapy. And I know I like sound like a broken record because I keep talking (laughs) about it. But like the reason why I want to become a psychologist is because therapy has been like so life changing and helpful for me. And I just think that like you're never going to regret working on your issues earlier. Like you're Mm -hmm. never going to regret like understanding why you function in certain ways earlier and like going to therapy makes everything easier it makes your dating experiences easier it makes your job experience easier like you learn ways to like stand up for yourself and like articulate your needs and like especially with intimate relationships like people hate Freud they really do and he was like first of all that's anti-semitic because he was the king we did a whole episode on (laughs) Freud too because like really I thought Freud was like bad like I thought people hashtag canceled him no No? I mean people don't like Freud because they basically some like up his stuff and like everybody wants to fuck their dad which is not true and that's like not what he was saying and obviously he said some like wild things as like men did back then but like his main thing is all about like the unconscious that there are these unconscious desires and like thoughts and experiences that we have that drive us in ways that we don't understand and that we'll never Mm -hmm. be able to like really like self-actualize until we bring those unconscious things to our consciousness and that Mm -hmm. is really true in terms of like it's not that you want to fuck your dad it's just that like your relationship (laughs) with your parents does affect that's your earliest intimate relationship and it will affect you know I'm sure you've talked about like attachment style and things like that that is absolutely they've shown that like your attachment style in childhood tends to be like really consistent with your attachment style in adult relationships if you don't have like therapy and you can't like completely change your attachment 
style, you're always going to probably like lean towards a certain way. I'm an anxious, preoccupied girly, which is why I said I'm like a dog with separation anxiety. <laughs> but um, like understanding why you are certain ways and why you respond in certain ways and why there are certain things that trigger you. Like, I just think that's that can only do good for your life. And I think people are worried about like what they're going to find. And I just think it's a, it's just beneficial to like know more about yourself. And I think it just makes everything easier for you in your life, because I do think that like you're going to have to deal with it at some point. Like it, everybody's past comes up for them at some point. It just Absolutely. it's your decision when it comes up for you. And if you want to be on top of it and you want to be in charge of that process and like take, you know, kind of charge of your own healing process i think that's a much better way to do it than waiting until you literally snap and you're like oh there's a lot of things <laughs> i haven't processed from my life like absolutely i mean look i'm the biggest fan of therapy i am number one ther therapy girly i have the foam finger like i every yeah. day i'm like therapy therapy yeah. i'm seeing my psychiatrist today and my therapist tomorrow like love i love it. drugs not that <laughs> psychiatric medications yeah big wellbutrin gal um but i do think uh, that's that's true i think the best thing you can like invest in as a young person especially is yourself like you do totally. not need to be like especially in your 20s like as i am now in my late 20s which is horrifying in many ways but that's it's horrifying. fine I'm, isn't it though um are you like 26 does that count as your yes. late 20s i'm I guess 25 it's mid to late i'm gonna you're in the myself. mid no, <laughs> no, but it's like now as I've like kind of gone through a lot of my 20s, the majority, I mean, more than half of my 20s, I'm like, OK, I was just like a big dumb idiot. And like, that's OK. Like, yeah. there's almost it's like fine. Like, you do not need to be like the um, the master of dating and like be so on top of your finances. I mean, save money. But like, you don't need to be like, I'm in the stock exchange unless that's something right. that you're like interested in. Like, the only thing you need to invest in and think about and care about is like developing yourself to the best of your ability, like learning how to have healthier relationships, learning how to stick up for yourself in work environments, learning like what the things are that like are your maybe your weaknesses or, totally. you know, things that you just could work on, like finding like a way to motivate yourself, like external learning, I'm sorry, internal motivation instead of external motivation, something I struggle with to this day, like investing in yourself and making yourself the best you possible. That is the only thing you need to focus on in your 20s. Everything yeah. else comes. Everything yeah. else comes. Yeah. And knowing yourself better is just going to make everything easier, yeah. especially in this like stressful ass world. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. how anybody like isn't in therapy i mean obviously because like, therapy <laughs> is like inaccessible and it's like fucked up and our country should literally 100%. pay for everyone to go to therapy but like you know it's a it's a stressful world and like it's knowing yourself better is just going to prepare you for like it's going to set you up for success like later in your life and i think that knowing what you want too is just like mm -hmm. important and it's hard to know what you want if you don't know yourself Oh, yeah. I, I had such a problem with that, like in my early 20s, like constantly feeling like I don't know who I am. So I don't know where I'm going. I feel yeah. like I'm on a path to nowhere. Like I feel like I'm walking to the, like to the end of a pier and I don't know where I'm going, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, and then you end up in situations where you let other people tell you like who you are, especially in like, yes. I will just say in like toxic relationships. Like mm -hmm. I like. I know that like the last relationship I was in was so healthy because like I was in therapy and like I wouldn't have been in a relationship that like I was treated well in like had I not gone to therapy because I have been in mm -hmm. relationships in the past that were like very toxic and yeah. I just felt like I mean I didn't know how I should be treated I didn't know like what I like what my worth was and so I think that yeah. knowing that just like enables you to make better choices too like you just won't give flops as i like to say like <laughs> they you won't let them waste your time because people really oh, are yeah. gonna waste your time if you don't know who you are and what you want and what you stand for and i also think having sort of an another pair of eyes like another sort of objective pair of eyes on you like they might point point things out about you that you hadn't considered or hadn't right. thought about you know i learned more about my own values system by talking with my therapist and you know bringing right. up like she said well this is a common theme this seems like something that's really that you really value that it's really important to you and when I like figured out kind of what my values were now in for example when I date I'm not dating and being like I want someone 
who's funny and nice and smart and will take me on dates. And like, that's all great. I do want those things. But it's like, what am I looking for? I'm looking for someone who um, cares about their career, but like not as much as their relationships. I'm looking for someone with a positive outlook on life who's not going to be like negative when things happen, who's like going to work with me when bad things happen, you know? Um, And like, these are things that are really important to me that I wouldn't have thought about before I was in therapy and like had looked inward to myself and let me just say this is why men end up dating like really younger women because they don't know what they want and like who they are and men love that like a lot of men like want to date somebody who doesn't know who they are and like you're gonna just weed out a lot of people simply by knowing yourself better which like might be stressful at first but it's like great like don't waste my fucking time like if you absolutely don't want to be with somebody who knows themselves and knows what they want then like great like I'm because I just think about the relationships I was in when I was like in my early 20s and like I was also like I just let men like tell me who I was and like what was normal and like what I was allowed to want and like need in relationships and I let them make me feel crazy for like wanting to see them (laughs) more than once a week like oh my god (laughs) yeah it's it's, same been there and and I just think knowing like you said, like knowing what you want and what what you're going into, like it's it's dating like mindfully and intentionally. And it doesn't mean that you like have to be in a serious relationship every time you date. But it just means that you like, I don't know, I think you don't get as attached to situations that you know are not going to like work out and like are probably not compatible with like the way you are in the first place. Absolutely. I mean, you guys know, like, I'm the queen of like going on one date with a guy and being like, actually, we're in love and we're moving in together and I love him and I'm in love with him. But at the same time, like, in a more serious sense, like, I am now able to like know what my boundaries are with relationships, like that there is a difference for me between somebody that I might actually see a future with versus someone that like is fun and I could have fun with but it's not going to be anything serious you know like I know that because I know myself I'm not putting like all my hopes and dreams and fears and wants onto one person and hoping that they can give me a sense of self or a sense of um, like happiness and fulfillment like I'm finding that within myself because I've invested in myself and if I find someone who compliments me in that way and makes my life better right that's a wonderful thing but I'm not wasting my time weeding out losers yeah and I think also therapy helps you know that like other people's behavior is their responsibility and that the way other Mm -hmm. people treat you is like literally only reflective of them which is still something that's very difficult for me to like accept that like not personalizing the way other people treat me or the things other people do but it is something that like as you understand yourself better you understand other people better and you understand like oh I act in this way because that's the kind of person I am not because Mm -hmm. like I decide how I want to treat people based on what I think their perceived value to me is (laughs) like I mean if somebody's doing that they're like literally a narcissistic sociopath but like so (laughs) most people treat other people like based on the way they feel about themselves and I think that that's really important to realize especially when you're like a young woman who's trying to date men and you feel like you have to prove to them that like you're worth it or that like if that if you act like cool enough like maybe they'll approve of you it's like you don't need to do that like you really don't need to do that because men's approval does not really mean anything especially if they're the kind of man that's like making you beg for it like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is like interrogate your relationship with your father at that point like that is like bringing it to like a Freudian <laughs> That's place like let's talk about Freud for a second yeah, there yeah <laughs> no but I do I do think it's just um there there are always things you can learn and research and and but like knowing yourself and even like what I was going to talk about with Julia today that I just decided like that's a a big topic and like (laughs) let's not necessarily get into that today but it is like knowing yourself we were going to talk about compulsive heterosexuality and it's like knowing yourself well enough to know like am I dating men because I'm attracted to men and I like men or am I dating men because I think I'm supposed to like even that level of knowing yourself that's a good fucking thing to know yeah (laughs) totally and I mean the thing about like compulsory heterosexuality is that it's also about like the ways in which we feel like the narratives that we've been fed about like what's important Mm -hmm. and like that we need to have a man in order to be like a certain type of woman to be like accepted in society and that we need a man to protect us because in many situations you literally do need a man 
to protect you yeah. like because of the way that society is is designed and i think that knowing that kind of thing too it's just it's kind of like untangling like a giant ball of yarn and just figuring out what strands are from what places like okay is that from like what i was fed by society is that from my parents is that from my childhood is that like a more recent thing like you just need to be able to separate the strings because like it's really stressful to have like a giant knot of yarn and <laughs> not know where anything's coming from. Exactly. So what's the most important thing you can look into? You. you. You're the most important thing you can look into, research, and invest in. Absolutely. Um, and you know what, besties? With that, I'm going to go ahead and say that's our episode. Um, last but certainly not least, we have to do our song of the week. Um, okay, so our song of the week this week is Paradise Sin not paradising paradising um by rena i don't know how to pronounce her last name sawayama i think yeah yeah um, paradising it's a banger it's a bop it puts me in a good mood for this um for the rest of the summer which we we're we're inching up on fall here man like, we really are <laughs> we really are so that is my song for this week julia do you have a song for the week um let me think do i have a song for this week um i I've been I'm really into like listening to like 80s music I think they played the song in, in an earlier episode of Stranger Things but Lover Girl by Tina Marie is just a song that Ooh. I've been really obsessed with and it's just a banger so listen to that one hell yeah I love the vibe love that for us <laughs> um okay well besties I love you guys so 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 much thank you so much for listening if you like the show feel free to subscribe and tell your friends if you like me feel free to follow me on social media my twitter is holy underscore schnitt my instagram is ellie underscore schnitt and my tiktok is at ellie schnitt if you like taylor swift you can listen to my taylor swift podcast uh taylor talk just search it on spotify and julia where can they find you you can find me at Binge City on Instagram. You can find my podcast, Binchtopia, on all platforms. We also have an Instagram for that. And yeah, I think Binge City is my like handle on all social media on, on Twitter everything. as well. Yeah. So <laughs> you can find me there. Well, make sure you go listen to our podcast because it's amazing. 10 out of 10. Um, and if you ever want to leave a voicemail, which I love when you do, uh, you can call the voicemail line, which is 847-282-0462. One more time. That's 847-282-0462. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And Julia, Julia, thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks for having yeah. me. And as always, have a good day. Have a good night, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a good one. And I will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>